Your way back to your places, let's sing Blessed Be the Name. All praise to Him who reigns above in majesty supreme, who gave His Son for man to die, that He might man redeem. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. better. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, it's a beautiful day outside. Isn't this cool weather nice or cooler weather nice? Yeah, it's. A, I love the hot, but it's nice to have a little cool. So uh, that's a blessing for us this morning. Um, I want to welcome our guest. I know we have several here this morning. And if you haven't received one of our uh, guest information cards, they're in the um, on the chairs in front of you. There's some pockets um, they're there. If you would fill one of those out. Yeah, we have new ones. They're better than the old green cards. Uh, it looks like this. Thank you for, for worshiping with us, and let's get acquainted. If you have an opportunity, please fill one of those out. You're not going to have a chance to put it in the plate now, unless you've already done that. But at the end of the service, either hand it to me or a pastor, or uh, hand it to someone in the um, uh, coffee shop area there. We'll take care of it, and we just love to have a record of you being here. We appreciate that. Couple quick announcements. Uh, tonight we are having a concert with the, the Warren family. 
It's a Southern Gospel traveling group. They come in. It's going to be at 5 o'clock. Really want to encourage you all to be here. You'll really enjoy them. Uh, I used to have them every other year in, in up in Lake Mary, and they're a blessing. But, but I like his brother better. His brother, who I had every other year, also plays the saw, and he was pretty, that was a whole lot better. But uh, these, are, these are some good, just a great family. One of their sons went to school with Zachary, no scratching. Uh, there's some family things there. They're tied in with Jennings' family, too. Uh, so uh, it, it'll be a good time. There's not a lot of those folks still doing what these folks are doing. So come and take, uh, take advantage of it tonight at 5. We'll be taking a love offering for them. All right, gentlemen, come on forward. We're going to take our, prepare to take our offering. Also, just a reminder, we got our reverse trick-or-treat coming up. Uh, Gretchen told me that uh, the week before Thanksgiving, that would be not this week, but next week, she's going to have the, the uh, building over here, the MP building open with everything set up. So if you want to come in and put together those packages, we're not going to limit you to times. You just come in and put some together for us. No? Thanksgiving, you're right. That's the other thing, a Thanksgiving dinner. I got all sorts of things going on in my mind. We'll talk about that later. Trick or treat, Halloween. Right, we're not supposed to say that in, in church, right? Anyway. Holy Ween. Those of you who don't know what we're doing, we're doing a reverse. Yes, ma'am. All The whole time the office is open. So say 9 to 3, we'll have somebody available. And if you need to come in the evenings, we can work that out too. Um, we got a thousand packages. So what you, so those of you who don't know, what we're doing is we're putting together a package. It'll have a life book, which is a Gospel of John, and uh, it'll have some candy, and it'll have an invitation to our church. And instead of uh, uh, of doing a, a trunk or treat like we have in the past, where everybody we try to get people here, we're going to go to them. See, Halloween is the only time that people will take candy from strangers and open their door to strangers. So we're going to take advantage of that by going and giving out the gospel. Instead of going and getting candy, we're going to go give them, but give the candy to them, give them a, uh, uh, a gospel of John. By the way, we're targeting adults, so if you have a lot of trick-or-treaters come to your house, most of the time they come with adults, you can give them that. We're getting a thousand life books out. A thousand. Uh, that's a big chore, but we can do it. And I just want you to know, we're going to go take the gospel to a thousand homes. That's biblical, going into all the world to preach the gospel. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come together this morning and to worship you in song and through the preaching and teaching of your word. Pray, Father, you'll open our hearts to receive your message. Lord, uh, bless this offering now. Uh, Lord, uh, we just, again, we can't give you enough honor and glory. We ask that all we do will honor and glorify you in Christ's name. Amen.
I like that old song, amen. How many of you know what that song's called? Calvary Covers It All. Awesome message in that song. My guilt and despair, Jesus took on him there. Calvary covers it all. Amazing. We serve an amazing Savior that would send his son to die for us. Wow. When you think about that, it's just amazing. I love my son, but I ain't going to send him to die for any of you. Now, if he goes and decides to serve in the military, if that's what he wants to do, then that's essentially what I'm doing. But to send your only begotten son to the world to save a bunch of people that turned against you, man, that's, that's love that I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine that, that we serve such a God that would do that for us. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Let's all stand and keep singing about God this morning. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. He is the mighty King, Master of everything. His name. Jesus, Jesus. 
be seated. And just before the message, Brother Larry's going to come and sing. Morning, y'all. This uh, this here uh, song I've picked out today is an old hymn, and I really love this old hymn. I hope y'all do too. Go ahead, buddy. To the old rugged cross 
and exchange it someday for a That was a blessing. Thank you, Brother Larry. I tell you, I, that's kind of how I think I sound. No. <laughs> you think I'm delusional? <laughs> hey, glad you're all here today. Uh, you know, you're on a, there's a constant conversation going on inside your head. You know that, don't you? You're talking. Some of you probably quit hearing those voices would be good. But... Uh, <laughs> But that, that goes on. The Bible talks about it. You know, if you read the book of Psalms, what you're reading about is, you know, David is actually, you have to say, why, why are you doing the things you're doing? Why are you feeling this way? And so that kind of that takes place, that conversation. And uh, I was having, kind of having that this morning. I was uh, uh, sitting up here and uh, enjoying the worship and the music and appreciating what the Lord was doing and uh, just anticipating, uh, wondering, you know, how should I prepare or say to you what I need to say this morning? And, and the thought is there in Revelation. We're going to continue our Revelation study. How to stand strong when you feel weak. You may have walked in today kind of feeling that way. I know this morning. I've really been struggling this morning. I don't know if you all have that problem and all where you just, I mean, you're just having a hard time keeping going. You know, you just, uh, I figured I could leave you a note until I didn't feel well I'm going home. And, uh, but <laughs> I think I'd work out real well. But really struggling with that, and you know, this morning I was wondering what in the deal was going on. I, I got to get here pretty early, you know, prepare myself and all, and uh, and just just fighting it. You all ever done just fighting it? Just, you know, think, man, I'm feeling so bad. I don't mean sick. Just I feel attacked. I'm being attacked. I feel really the oppression, and uh, you know, thinking, man, I you know, I just need to do something else. And so I, I was thinking that way, and, and you know how you know you know how we do. You know, on Sunday morning, people walk in, and we we smile at them, don't we? We shake hands, and we we say things like, "Hey, glad to have you. Glad you're here." Really, I don't care whether you're or not, but uh, <laughs> not a good spirit. It's not a good spirit that way, is there? But when you're under attack, that's what happens, isn't it? You get attacked, and you feel the oppression, and you feel that going on, and uh, and you really want you don't want that to happen. And then I'm sitting up there getting ready to preach this message, and the Lord said, "What are you speaking on today?" Now it wasn't that it wasn't an audible voice, and uh, I said, "I'm I'm speaking how to stand strong when you feel weak." He said, <laughs> I, mean, oh, "I said, oh yeah, yeah, I can do that." So I set up this morning, and I'm gonna, I'll share some points with you in just a minute. But I started sharing those points in my heart and my mind, and you know, God, God's word. God's word works, doesn't it? You know, God's principles work. You know, we, you know, we, sometimes it's right in front of you, isn't it? But you just have a tendency to ignore it because you're so overwhelmed with weakness. You're so overwhelmed with the things you cannot do. And I'm so thankful that what I can't do, God can do. Here, and let me share something with you this morning that, that I just shared with myself a few minutes ago there in Revelation. Uh, we're studying about the church there in Philadelphia. And a very unique church. And in that church, we see the thoughts of how to stand strong when you feel weak. And, and i got to believe that this is not something that's unique to myself or um, one or two people. I think that we all face it. If you live in this country right now, as a country, we really need to stand strong, but we feel so very weak about what's going on. And so it's very difficult what we're seeing. And, and uh, we just don't know what to do, seemingly. And I'm thankful that when we don't know what to do, he does. 
You know, we don't have the answers, and you say, well, what do you think? Well, I don't know that I, uh, I, I don't know what I think about a lot of the situations we're seeing today, but, but I can tell you this, that God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what worked back then will work now and will work in the future. And so I think it's very important, and I, I think maybe this is the reason the Lord has, has brought this particular lesson to us as a church family these last couple of days, because, uh, uh, you know, every message is about two verses, and then we're on to something else. And so, but this has been a unique study uh, for me. And uh, this morning, as I was in this train, as I was putting this together again, uh, really quickly, there's some things that we need to remember. And this is what he was talking about here, the church there in Philadelphia. Uh, let's, if you have your Bibles, turn there to Revelation chapter 3. And we'll just quickly go over this review, and then we'll get to the message this uh, morning. Verse 7, and verse, chapter 3, verse 7, And the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, and he that is true, and he that holds the key of David, and he that openeth, no man sh uh, shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast little strength. This to me is a such a, a powerful scripture. I, boy, I hope you have this underlined. He says it, for thou hast little strength, and, and, he didn't say, I'm going to give you a bunch of strength. He said, and hath kept my word, and hath not denied my name. I don't know about that. That is a powerful, powerful scripture. He, he's saying, you guys have little strength, but look at how God has used you. There's three things we need to remember right here. Number one, he said, I, I want you to remember, I am the real deal. You can trust me. That's what he said. You can trust me. I am the real deal. What I say is what I'll do. Number two, I know what is happening in your life, in your world, in this church. I know what's going on. Remember that. Remember. You know, we have a tendency to forget. You know, we start remembering all our problems. All the, how difficult things are, how many problems there are, rather than focusing on who he is. Remember that I can trust him. I can trust him. Remember that whatever happens, I know what's going on in your world. Number three, I will open the door for you to God and to opportunities. And here at Sunshine, we've seen that over and over, haven't we? We've seen God open doors for us, and we are thankful and excited about those open doors. And here's what I found to be the case. If we go through those open doors, there's more doors that open. If we go through the doors that he has given for us to go through, other doors were open. So he said, remember these things because we have a tendency to forget, do we not? Uh, we start remembering other things. You know what we remember? We remember our weaknesses, our failings, our difficulty, all these kind of stuff that seem to plague us. And what he's saying, remember who he is. Then we see a couple other things. Verse 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before the thy feet and to know that i have loved thee verse 10 because thou hast kept the word of my patience i also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth we did that last week there's two things that he remember there and it's interesting right among all these things he wanted to remember that he was the way that he's the only way the synagogue of satan is these liars he's talking about here trying to provide another way he said no no I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. So he wanted them to understand that. Remember, he is the way. There's not another way. 
you, you might wonder, why are you guys so rabid when it comes to getting the Word of God out? Why, why are you doing these things? To, you know, you're, uh, during the week, you're at these different public schools, and you're getting the Word of God out. You're trying to make these uh, little uh, candy things and things to hand these things out because we want to get the gospel out. Why do you do that? Because He's the way. He's not a way. He is the way. And that being the case, we have a responsibility. I, I just don't understand how that doesn't grip us today. We, we get so involved with so many things, and yet, but if the Bible's true, and the Bible is true, he says the Bible says that Jesus is the way, why in the world are we not getting that message out? Why does that not possess us and motivate us and drive us? He's the way. He said, last of all, I have a plan. I have a plan. I'm so grateful for that. I have a plan. He's very clear on how he's going to, to reach this, this world. And he's, he's chosen, and I, I don't necessarily understand his choice because he said he's chosen us to get the gospel out. Uh, he's entrusted us to do that. Uh, sometimes I think about that. Wow, I think I'd have, I think I'd have done that differently, you know. But he, he's chosen to do that because he, he, he wants to share with us the joy and the privilege and the honor of seeing people uh, be obedient to him. This morning, we got a, a young man that's going to be baptized. It, he's trusted Christ as Savior years ago, and he's going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And what an exciting thing to see people be obedient to the Lord. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Isn't that great? Man, I, I, that's exciting stuff. And, it, and let me tell you something. It is his plan. It's not my plan. I, I, it's not how I'm going to do it. It's his plan. We closed out last week and talked about how it's okay uh, to be an exciting church. It's okay uh, to be a, a bigger ministry. It's okay to be a growing church as long as we're an obedient church. It's important that we are an obedient church. I believe the church here in Philadelphia was an obedient church, and I believe that, that we're, we're striving to be an obedient church. We move to verse 11. Look what he says. Behold, I come quickly. That ought to, that ought to get our attention. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Verse 12, him that overcome will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. As we look at this particular scripture here, we see that he's encouraging us to be consistent. Notice the terminology, hold fast. Verse 12, overcome. Christians, I believe, need encouragement. Would you agree with that? We need encouragement. There's nothing wrong. I, what a wonderful thing. Maybe a tremendous goal for you to be every time you come to the services. Help me, God, to be an encouragement to someone today. I can guarantee as I look over the crowd this morning, there's folks here that are discouraged. There's folks here that have suffered loss this week. There's people that are in our audience this morning that are going through a very difficult time and maybe not, they're not, not really sure what they're going to do. There's, I can guarantee you there's a host of folks here that are worried what's going to happen to our country. And they're coming this morning and they're, in, they're, they're, they're going through a very difficult time. And I think from time to time, you know, you say, well, you know, that, 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 you, know you ought to encourage people. Well, and I think that I should. But not because I'm a preacher, because I'm a brother or sister in Christ. I'm a brother in Christ. And I think you have that same responsibility. When you walk in here, why don't you pray this? God, lead me to someone today that I can be an encouragement to. But God, I won't be that encouragement. They don't sit in my seat. You get in my seat, cowboy. Encouragement's ended right there. 
but look for opportunities. Rather than looking in, rather than walking in and, and looking, well, I hope all the lights are on today. I hope the air's working and all that kind of stuff. How about, God, when I come to church today, help me to see someone that I can say a word of encouragement. Wouldn't that be worthy? Isn't that the reason we ought to be here? Rather than coming to our church, oh, okay, what can you give me today? Give me this. Give me that. Well, the Bible says you ought to give. Be givers. Not just of your money, but giving of your time, giving of your interest, giving of your energy. We need to be encouraged, and we need to encourage others. And that's what he's talking about here. The truth be known. People go through very discouraging times, and all of us need it. But sometimes when the going gets tough for some folks, they leave. They say, preacher, we'll be there through thick and thin. It gets thick and they get thin. Because things don't go the way they all think they ought to go. And so, therefore, their answer is just to bail out. And what he's saying here to these folks in Revelation, you need to be consistent. Of course, the question is, what is consistency? Let me define it for you. It's positive dependability. Positive dependability. I'm not talking about being frequent. Like, let me ask you. If I would talk to a man and say, are you faithful to your wife? He said, frequently. <laughs> that's not too good, is it? I don't think that's a, see, he's not saying a very good thing, is he? Uh, we, we need to be dependable. I want my heart to be dependably. I want it to be consistent. Uh, I, I think it's important that takes place. I want my breathing to be steady and predictable and dependable and consistent. And so what he's saying to these folks in Philadelphia, he's, he's giving them so many neat things to remember to think about. But he's coming back now, and he's sharing with them one of the most important things that you need. You need to be consistent. But how do we do that? We'll give you three things this morning. How to be consistent. Number one, take notice. Take notice. Uh, he, uh, Paul warned some Christians in 1 Corinthians. He said this, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he falls. You see, it's important that we're consistent. And we need to be, pride says this, I'll never fall, never fail. The humility says, I will watch my step. I was reading an article by a guy named James Dotson. You may remember him. He was for years was uh, president of Focus on the Family. But he, in an article, he wrote this in, in reference to watching his step. And, and I really enjoyed his, this point. He says this, he keeps a particular photograph in his file to remind him of this truth of being watching his step. He says it's, it's, it's a picture. He says he's got a picture of an elegant lady who has a really dainty hands. He has a little teacup here that she's kind of holding. That, and if you look at her, it looks like she's got all kinds of confidence and assurity. What she doesn't realize is that her slip is down on her ankles. She doesn't know that. And here's the caption. Confidence is what you have before you understand the situation. You need to take notice about what's going on around us. You need to be aware of what's happening. I believe that God left us here to happen to the world, not the world to happen to us. Are you with me on that? That's not why we're here. We're not here simply to react to what goes on in this world. We are here to respond. The thing that the Lord is saying to the Philadelphia church, you need to be consistent. And one of the ways you can do that is take notice what you're doing, where you're going, what's around you. Take notice. Number two, take responsibility. Uh, the church, the Christians here in Philadelphia were strong in terms of faithfulness. 
but I don't believe they were perfect. I believe there were times that he probably went off track. Uh, we all stumble and we all fail. Uh, but I think it's important when we do that that we don't blame things, that we don't blame our temperament. You know, the worst thing I, I hear someone say when they talk about someone, well, when they say this, well, you know, after all, you, you, know how, you know how Eric is. And here's what they say, well, after all. When they're going to say after all, it's not going to be good after that. We're going to explain and defend the behavior. I'm saying don't blame your temperament. Don't, don't blame the heredity. Don't blame your family. Don't blame your circumstances. Well, what do I do? I think what you do, I blew it. Just admit it. I messed up. Rather than trying to, well, I messed up because of this, or I messed up because of that. No, no, you messed up. You need to take responsibility. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What I'm saying, once you ask God to forgive you, move on. Move on. I can guarantee you, if you've asked God to forgive you, according to the word of God, he's done that. And you might, you know, it's amazing what we do. We say, well, I don't really feel forgiven. I don't care how you feel. It's the fact of the Word of God. And when, if we're going to be consistent in what Satan would like us to do, you know, Satan would like to hang a big load of guilt on us. Oh, well, you know, you know this, you know that. Yeah, but see, here's the deal. I've asked Christ to forgive me, and he did. And if you don't accept his forgiveness, who in the world do you think you are? Not, not accepting his forgiveness. Are you questioning his authority? Are you questioning his ability to do so? If I was in his place, that's how I'd be thinking. So we need to take responsibility on what's going on, understanding that we mess up. Let me kind of add this to this point. Be patient. Be patient uh, when you come to these areas. Have you noticed when it comes to failure and sin in our life, how amazing, it, how regular it is in our life? And the, the road to maturity is not an easy road. It's, it's not something that happens overnight. There's no microwave maturity. There's no quick fix. It takes time. It takes time to grow. It takes time to mature. Paul wrote to the Christians in 2 Thessalonians 3.13, Be ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Is it uh, possible to uh, get tired of doing right. Get tired of coming to church. You have kids, you got to get your kids ready, got to find a place to park, got to find, you know, make sure you don't sit in someone's seat, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you get tired of, of resisting temptation week after week, day after day. Uh, they think you're approved. They, they seem to catch all the breaks and everything seems to be going their way. And sometimes you just feel like giving up. But Jesus said in verse 11, I come quickly. That's kind of a sobering thought. Hold thou fast. In other words, take on some responsibility. So how am I to be consistent? Well, first of all, take notice of your life. I mean, you, are you are a steward over the life God has given to you. Uh, you're the one that has to deal with this life that God has. So take notice of what you are doing. And then take responsibility of whatever's going on. You take responsibility. And third of all, take heart. That's verse 12. Look at verse 12 there in Revelation. Him that overcome will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more out 
And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of the heaven for my God. And I will write upon him my new name. If you're familiar with what went on where the church uh, in Philadelphia was, was a very, uh, a lot of earthquakes happened there. I mean, so uh, a lot of times when you hear something particularly written in the scripture, you got to understand what was going on during that time, what they were dealing with. So they were familiar with the earthquakes coming and what's happening here. He's writing in such a way as saying, you know, that what comes to you, I'm going to make him a pillar. And he will not go out from his temple anymore. He's talking about stability and strength and, and preeminence and honor. I'm going to write my name on him. You know, when I, when I read that scripture, I kind of envisioned a parent uh, with children. And they had a couple kids in school. And it's kind of like when they, they come to school and they say, well, that's my child there. And that's my child there. And how, because they carry my name. You know what? I guess envision what's going to happen one day when Jesus comes back. He looks over this vast group of people, and he says this, that's my child right there, and that's my child right there, and that's my child right there, because I've written my name. So guys, how do you stand strong when you feel weak? Some folks don't. They quit. They give up. And it's going to be a constant in their life. But how do we do it? How, how did the Philadelphia church did it? They remembered some things. Satan would like to cloud your memory. He would like to get you to focus on the, the difficulties and the problems, and there are some. So much so that you forget that I can trust Jesus. He's the real deal. He knows what I'm going through. He has opened the doors for me. I need to remember that he's the way, that he has a plan. Aren't you excited about that? He has the plan. I, I'm so thankful I don't have to create a plan. I just need to plug into his plan. He has a plan. And the abilities that God has given you, and I know we have a tendency sometimes to either overemphasize or underemphasize the ability that God's given to you, but the truth of the matter, whatever those abilities are, from him. Take notice of who you are and the gifts and the abilities God's given you. They're not there by a mistake. They're there by a plan. He has a plan for you. That's why he's given you the abilities he has. And whatever the situation, take responsibility. If things haven't worked out, well, be honest and, and, and be forthright about that and go on with it. And then take heart. Take heart. Realizing that he is in control. And the last thing is this. You got your Bible still? Look at the last verse. Here it is. He that hath an, an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Are you listening? That's what he's asking. Are, have you heard this day? This morning, are you, you may have walked in here this morning and maybe you're facing a similar battle situation. You, you, you feel, you're feeling weak and you're feeling like giving up and you're feeling like quitting and that's, you're feeling like, you know, there's got to be something else. But rather than feeling that way, how do I stand strong? I just got to remember some things. And you may be here this morning and, and you're not really sure about eternity. You know, you, 
you're a church member. Maybe you've even been baptized and all that kind of stuff, but you really don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. I mean, and, and, you know, here's the deal. We know whether or not we have a personal relationship with the Lord. I mean, there's just so much evidence that's true. Heard someone say one time, if you were charged with being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Or would they have to let you go? Because it's very, nothing there. And so this morning, you're here, you're not sure about eternity. Man, don't walk out of here and say, I'll take care of this someday. Someday's no day. Someday didn't come. Actually, this is the someday. And he said this, are you going to hear? If you hear it, you'll respond. So you may have walked in this morning and you may have kind of beat yourself up. Well, let me, let me tell you something. It's not a quick fix. It's an it's a understanding of what God's word, as it hides it in your heart. You hide his truth in your heart. And things change then. So let's stand for prayer if you would. Let's pray. God, we, we pray this morning that you'll... I, I'm thankful, Father, that what we've talked about today hasn't been some theory. Hasn't been, well, I read this in a book and looked pretty decent. Father, this is the kind of stuff we live. There's folks in here that struggled, and I pray that this morning they'll apply this word and apply these truths, apply these principles to their life. 